listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Who knows that there is a massive difference between the theory of something and the experience of it. There's a massive difference. I know we, Craig and I, my husband, we have three children, Zahn, our son, who is 10, and then Hope, our daughter, who is uh, seven, and then Ezekiel, our son, who is uh, just over a year old. And we have our three incredible kids. And I had all these theories before I became a parent about how I was going to be a parent, All these ideas, all these things in my head, like for one thing, I was never going to be that parent that just harped on and on about their children. I was never going to be that person. I was never going to be the one that would bring out photos or videos of their kids, whatever chance you could possibly get. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. Like, it's so over the top. Like, you've got more life than just your kids, people. Like, talk about something else. I was never going to be that parent. But who knows, as soon as you become a parent, you find yourself, the moment the conversation can turn to your children, you find yourself, it's like this out-of-body experience, like just getting into your your pants pocket and bringing out your phone. And it's like this out-of-body experience, no, don't do it, be cooler than that. But you find yourself tapping on your phone and just showing everybody you possibly can the most recent video of your child, like Ezekiel just starting to walk and the cute little swag that he has. Whatever possible chance you have, you just become this person you never wanted to become. But love takes over. The experience takes over. You can't help yourself. I remember one of my brothers in particular, I've got three brothers. It's me and three brothers and then a sister. We're from a big family. And I remember one of my brothers in particular, he took a long time to find a girl that was good enough for him. And, uh, and uh, he, um, I remember before he had his lady come along, he was just adamantly against any type of PDA. And if you're not aware of what PDA stands for, it's public displays of affection. So any time that any of the other family that were in relationship with somebody else would get a little bit affectionate with each other, he'd be like, seriously, guys, cut it out. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, and he'd just bag people, mock people all the time that would be doing PDA. If we were out, people were cuddling. He'd be like, man, just come on. Like, there's more to your life than just the person that you're with. And he would bag it out completely. But then this girl came along in his life and he just fell head over heels completely in love with her. And I saw this, my brother, who had just mocked any type of PDA, I saw him become the reverse person, the opposite of what he had always wanted to be. He became the person that he mocked. It was like PDA to the extreme. And we were used to PDA. We were youth pastors who were used to, you know, in the middle of praise and worship, you have to break young people up from making out in the middle of praise and worship because... They just came to church for the first time. They didn't even realize they were in church. They were like, this is a rock concert or something. And they'd be making out right in front of you in the middle of praise and worship. It's like, this is not the place for it. Let the Holy Spirit get in the middle there. We were used to PDA, but I mean, this was PDA to the extreme. My brother wasn't making out or anything, but they would just constantly be having to touch each other. Like, you know, that, you know that couple? Like, constantly, you get married and it's different, but you know that couple before marriage? <laughs> no, just teasing. Marriage is awesome, but, you know, you can do whatever you want in marriage. But 
(laughs) Marriage is good in that sense. (laughs) But when it comes to, you know, PDA, this, you know, you're not living in the fullness of the physical realm in that area. And, And so my brother and his girl, they're just constantly being to touch each other, like stroke each other. Like, seriously, it's like a dog is for stroking, not your girlfriend. It was just like, seriously, it just, who knows though that the theory is so different to the experience. You know, when it comes to our God, we can have so many ideas in our head of who God is, but it's not till we actually experience Him that we discover His goodness, that we discover just how much He loves us. And what I love about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is about us experiencing God for ourselves. What I love about our incredible God is just how passionate He is about us experiencing Him. I I love that about our God. He wants to be personal to us. He doesn't want to just be the Father who is in heaven doing His thing. No, He wants to be the God that's with us. I remember growing up, I grew up in a a family where I had a mum and dad who had radically experienced God, radically experienced Jesus. I had a mum who was from a complete atheist family and they were very adamantly against God. But then in her, in her childhood, she found herself in a Sunday school at a children's church and discovered who God was. And then in a youth group, she radically encountered God. And then I had a dad who was from a very broken, broken background. He was the only kid in his entire school that didn't have a dad. My grandma was raped when she was just young, but nobody knew it was a rape. So he was ostracized by everybody. He, one of his first memories is just being in school and just hitting a ball against a wall with a tennis racket because he had no one to play with. Everyone just shoved him aside, an incredibly broken background. But then when he was a teenager, he radically discovered God. He discovered this Father in heaven that always had a plan for him that always had a purpose, that always loved him, that had always seen him. And he radically encountered God. And so I grew up in this family with two incredible parents that would always talk about the goodness of God. They would always talk about who Jesus was. It was so personal to them. But I grew up in this place where everything I knew about God was just what I had heard from them. I went to church on Sunday and I would hear about this amazing God and hear about who He was, but I never knew Him for me. And I got to this place where I was like, okay, God, if all that I've heard about You is correct, I've got to know You for me. Like if there is an eternity that is real, if there is a heaven, come on, if there is a hell, I've got to get real about this. Like, I've got to experience you for me. And I remember just being so hungry as this young girl to experience God, to know Him. And I remember for three Sunday afternoons, locking myself in my bedroom and saying, God, it's time to show up. I need to know you for me. And the first Sunday afternoon, absolutely nothing happened. I remember being in there for a couple of hours and just nothing happening. And I'm like, okay, God, where are you? I I desperately want to know you. And who knows that God works on a wanting to be found basis. 
Like when we, the Bible says, when we seek Him with all our heart, we will find Him. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm seeking You. I'm not going to be deterred by this. I'm, I'm going after You because if this is real, it counts. It counts for everything. Come on, it, it really matters. And, and so I remember the second Sunday afternoon, I again locked myself in my bedroom and again, nothing happened. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm desperate for You. And I would go up at every altar call at church that I possibly could, just so hungry for God's presence. And Then I remember that third Sunday afternoon, being in my room, nobody else was around. There was nobody praying for me. But I remember just sitting at the end of my bed on my knees. And I remember just weeping this presence filling the room. It was the purest love that I had ever felt. The presence was so thick, it was so tangible that I couldn't move I remember weeping and weeping and just feeling so whole, so whole on the inside. Like there was such relief to my soul. I remember this encounter with the Holy Spirit, with God's presence. And it is honestly, that encounter has left me wrecked for the rest of my life. It's why I do what we do today, building God's church, because this matters This presence, this God that we talk about, He's real. And He created us to be in relationship with Him, to know Him, to experience Him, to walk with Him. He's good. He loves you. Come on, He is so passionate about you. And He's here to encounter us today. You think about it. He's the God who was just up in the heavens, the Creator doing His thing, and He created the earth. He created us. The first thing he wanted was relationship with us. He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden and they walked and they talked together and he wanted relationship. But then Adam and Eve, they went against what God said. They went against God's best for their lives and sin came in. And then sin, our wrongs, it separated us from God. There was a separation and so the whole thing was brought in of a priest giving offerings so that we would be made right with God. But that was never good enough for our God. That never sat right with Him. And so He made the incredible sacrifice of sending His Son, Jesus, His most beloved, to die in our place for our wrongs so that we could come to Him just as we are. So we could go, God, I've sinned, I've messed up, and I'm sorry. And because of Jesus, we can come to Him just as we are. There is such a wrong perception out there amongst so many of us that to get to God, we've got to be good enough. I mean, to get to God, we've got to be perfect enough. We've got to measure up. But no, it's Jesus that allows us to enter into proximity with God. It's, it's who He is. Jesus became the middleman for us. I mean, he intervened for us, but... Even then when Jesus died, when He rose from the grave, when He was victorious, and then He went back up to heaven, even then it wasn't good enough for God. So He sent His Holy Spirit to walk with us. He wanted deep proximity with us for us to do life with Him. And I really wanna encourage us today that the Holy Spirit, it is God's presence. It's God being personal, God walking with us. How amazing is it that we get the Creator of the heavens and the earth, that all powerful or sovereign or knowing or loving or trusting. We get that God to walk with us everywhere we go and whatever we do. The Holy Spirit is God Himself walking with us. Come on, I 
sometimes I don't think we realize just how incredible that is. We kind of see the Holy Spirit as a bit of a tag along, like I'll invite you in when I really need you. But come on, it is God's presence. It's the all-powerful, mighty God, the God that spoke the earth into existence with just one breath. It's that God that we get to walk our lives out with, walk in close proximity with. How amazing is that? The Holy Spirit that is with us. I love that about our God. John 14, verse 16 to 18. It says this, Jesus is speaking to us and He says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He doesn't leave us as orphans. Come on, how good is that? He doesn't leave us to struggle on our own. He's the one that comes with us. And this whole passage of John 14 to 17, it, excuse me, it's pretty much Jesus' last will and testament when He was on earth. It's the last supper. He's washed the disciples' feet and He's pretty much giving the last piece of gold to His disciples. And this is where He talks about the Holy Spirit, how they won't, they're, they're terrified, the disciples. Jesus is about to leave them. They've given their whole lives to Him. And Jesus is saying, do not fear because even one, one greater is coming. One even greater than I is coming and He will be with you. He will be there to walk with you. And, and it goes on in John 16, verse five to seven in the Amplified Version. And Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. And He says, now I'm going to Him who has sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, our counsellor, our strengthener, our standby, he will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And how many think it would have been amazing to walk with Jesus when he was here on this earth? How incredible would it be? Yet here Jesus is saying, no, it's actually better for me to go so that you can have the Holy Spirit. The greater gift is actually the Holy Spirit. And as I was preparing for this message this morning, I felt God give me this picture of somebody that was preparing for a three-legged race. And obviously a three-legged race, your, uh, your feet, your legs are tied to somebody else. And I felt him give me this picture of how we're meant to walk with the Holy Spirit. See, we are, the Bible describes us as being in this race and in life, and it's not a race against each other. It's actually a race to fulfill all that God has given us to fulfill the incredible life that He's laid out for us. And I want to encourage you today, again, if you're new, that you have a God that has got a plan and a purpose for you. You're not a mistake. You're not here by accident. There's a God that has destiny over your life. And, and He says that uh, our lives are meant to be lived out in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so to help me with this illustration, I'm going to ask AB to come up and just to show what I believe uh, God spoke to me about and how we should live our lives in sync with the Holy Spirit. And babe, if you could help me out here, that'd be awesome. So this is a picture that I got. See, this is how God has called us to live our lives in sync with the Holy Spirit. 
This is how we win the race. This is how we fulfill everything that God's got for us, living our life in sync, walking in sync with the Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, if I can have the verse up for me, Galatians 5 verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We will achieve everything we need to achieve in our lives if we are in step with the Holy Spirit. If He is the one leading us, if He is the one guiding us, if He is the one counselling us. Come on, how good is this? I'm not on my own anymore. I have the strength of the Holy Spirit walking with me. He is leading me. He is guiding me. I could walk into any dark alley of Melbourne right now and I would not be afraid because I have the Holy Spirit with me. There is nothing to fear because I'm not on my own, just trying to do it on my own accord. No, I have Him empowering me. He's leading me and I'm following Him. And come on, I have the strength of who He is right alongside me. I am not alone. I have Him with me. I have the all-powerful Creator of the universe who is with me. I am not on my own. And I really feel God is wanting us to get this picture this morning that we're not on our own. That whatever we face in life, whatever we're going through, come on, we have the Holy Spirit with us. We can live in sync with His Spirit, in sync with His presence, in sync with His power. How many of us feel overwhelmed to live out what God's got for us, even just to live the lives that we have to live today? Come on, we feel overwhelmed because we feel like we're in it on our own, but I want to encourage us, we have the strength of the Holy Spirit Come on, right now, I could take on anything. I could take on anyone. There is nothing to fear because I've got the Holy Spirit with me. When He's my strength, He's my power. Come on, it's not this weak little um, person standing here. Come on, I have the power of the Holy Spirit with me. So we see it this morning. Come on, I want us to get this picture. That's what our lives are like. We have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. We are not on our own. See, what happens is different things we face in life. Maybe our insecurities come up. I can't. There's no way I could do that. There's no way I could fulfill what God has said that I should do. There's no way I could speak to that person about who he is. There's no way I could do that. There's no no way I could live with confidence like that. There's no way I could step into my dreams, my purpose. And we feel like that in our humanity so often. I feel like that every time I get up to speak, completely that way. But when we have the Holy Spirit, what happens? He turns our weakness into His strength. And when we lean in Him, He turns our insecurities into His strength. We're empowered because of Him in our lives. King David, you look all through the Old Testament, it's full of people that were weak in their own strength, but the Holy Spirit vitally empowered them to do everything that God had called them to do. How much are we living dependent on the Holy Spirit? Come on, He's the one that strengthens us. He's the one that brings us security. Come on, He's the one that causes us to step out with His power. We have the power of the living God accessible to us. Come on, we have the living God with us. And maybe life circumstance comes our way. Maybe we're going through a hard marriage situation or maybe something going on with our kids or maybe there's something happening at work or school, whatever it is, and we just feel overwhelmed. You know, when we lean in the Holy Spirit, when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, He's our counsellor, and He's the one that speaks truth to us. He's the one that says in that moment, no, don't talk back to your husband like that. Don't talk to your wife like that. Don't react in anger like that. 
Come on, walk in wisdom. Let me speak truth. Come on, He guides us. He leads us. Come on, we're feeling overwhelmed with our kids. What do I do with them? Do we lean into the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, how do I do this? Holy Spirit, how? just give me strategies. Come on, when we're in our work situation, we're like, I can't do this. Holy Spirit, give me strategies. We have the wisdom of heaven available to us. Not earthly wisdom, but wisdom from heaven. We have it available to us. We might hit tragedy. God never promised in this life that we wouldn't go through hard times. He's given us free will, and it means that we're going to go through tough times. This earth is not God's ideal for us. Heaven is. The Bible says that earth is just a vapor compared to heaven. Heaven is God's ideal for us. And so we're going to go through hard things in this life. We're going to go through tragedy, but who knows? With the Holy Spirit next to us, He's our comforter. He's the one that brings peace. When we don't understand the why, when it makes no sense to us whatsoever, when we're so broken, so hurting, when He's the one that comes alongside us and He comforts us and He brings life and He brings hope and He restores us to live another day. When we're not alone, you are not on your own. Your grief does not define you. The Holy Spirit has another day in store for you. Be encouraged. He's the comforter. We may feel like we're accused like all the world is against us, maybe. Maybe we dig our own grave time and time again. Maybe we're wrongly accused. Maybe we sometimes even see God as the one accusing us. Can I encourage us that the Holy Spirit is our advocate? He's the one that's fighting for us. He's the one that brings justice for us. We don't have to fight on our own. The Holy Spirit, come on, if we were to walk down a back alleyway right now, the Holy Spirit would have my back. The Holy Spirit has your back. He's the one fighting for you. You don't have to fight in your own strength. He's the one fighting for you. Addictions that we face. This is massive today. Maybe drinking, drugs, pornography. Other things going on in our lives that we feel like we don't have a handle on. We cannot, maybe we've tried time and time again in our own strength to overcome it. I want to encourage us, you don't have to do it on your own. The Holy Spirit promises, He says He's the standby. He's the one that is right there to intervene whenever we need Him. He's the one to empower us to overcome. We cannot do it in our own strength. When we need to lean on Him, talk to others, get others around us, but it's the Holy Spirit that strengthens us with what we need to overcome. He is the overcomer. Is this making sense this morning? Come on, He is everything that we need. How much are we walking in sync with the Holy Spirit? Are we just struggling on our own? I'm like, seriously, like, I'm over this. I'm over relying on somebody else. Like, I just, I'm just, I'm taking things in my own hands and I'm just walking this out on my own. How often do we do that? Are we walking in sync with the Holy Spirit? So what I want to do really quickly this morning, because I want us to have a moment of worship and just leaning into the Holy Spirit is, I want us to just look at two things of what it means to walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. And the first thing is we've got to allow him to take the lead. We have to allow him to take the lead. A three-legged race only works if one person takes the lead. Come on, I couldn't take the lead then. AB had to take the lead. It only works if one person takes the lead. To be in sync with the Holy Spirit, we've got to allow him to take the lead. On how much are you just struggling on your own, trying to be the leader, trying to make it all right? 
Well, God, allow him to be the leader. Allow him to lead us where he wants to take us. When I think about this house today, what God is doing, what God is doing in people's lives, it's been because people have been led by the Holy Spirit. When I think about Brendan, who was worship leading this morning, and they came from another state and just got disconnected from church for a while. And then they drove past our sign on the motorway that said, Life for Church to Go Home. And he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him and say, Hey, there's more for you here. And then he came into the church doors, and our whole theme of the year was more than. And he's like, Okay, Holy Spirit, you're speaking. And then I was on the back doors that Sunday. And as they were leaving, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, That couple, they need to get connected. You need to connect with that couple. Come on, there's a specific purpose that I've got for them. There's a, there's a reason for them being here. And look at the incredible blessing they've been to us today. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit. I remember Will and Hannah coming and speaking with us, our incredible youth pastors, there's so much on team coming to speak to us when we're about to leave Melbourne, just saying, man, the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. We can't get it out of our spirit that we need to come with you. When they followed the lead of the Holy Spirit and look at the amazing blessing they've been to us today. When we're led by the Holy Spirit, there is incredible fruit that comes. I think of Tiff, who was another worship leader here. And I remember being at a, a Planet Shakers kind of pastor's connection thing and connecting with her sister-in-law and her sister-in-law saying, hey, I've got this, um, my sister-in-law is coming down to Melbourne and maybe it'd be nice for you to connect with her. And I felt the prompt of the Holy Spirit saying, man, you need to connect with this girl. And so I gave her a phone call that week. And again, I'm like, man, the Holy Spirit, we're going to do something here. It's this Holy Spirit working all the pieces together. And we were just in the beginning stages of church. We had hardly anybody who could sing. And I remember stalking her Instagram and seeing that she could sing. And so we had Easter coming up and we had no one to sing. And so I remember getting on on the phone, I'm like, I don't really even know you, but do you want to sing at our Easter presentation? And you know, just the Holy Spirit's leading. Come on, He's got everything we need, piece by piece, if we would follow His leading. Come on, some of us are living so safe, so confined to our strength and what we can do in our own ability because maybe people have let us down, maybe situations have let us down and we're holding ourselves so in, so insular, so contained, but the Holy Spirit has more for us. Would we follow His leading? Would you trust Him again? Trust Him again and allow Him to walk you into more. Now it's amazing what can happen when we step into the leading of the Holy Spirit, but it's amazing what we can miss out on if we don't follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit. I remember so clearly, it was years ago now, but I remember Craig and I driving back from our beach house that our family owned in New Zealand one afternoon. And we drove past my grandma's house at the time. And I remember this prompt from the Holy Spirit saying, man, stop in and see her. And we were <clears throat> running stretch for time. So I was like, oh, you were too busy again. I'm taking the lead, doing my thing. And I just didn't follow that prompt. And a week later, we got the call. Grandma's passed away. And you know, it's not a condemning thing for me, but it's always something that I look back on and I regret, that I didn't follow that prompt. The Holy Spirit doesn't prompt us because He wants to confine us. He wants to lead us because He's the one that should be leading and we should be the one obeying. He leads us because of our betterment. <clears throat> he leads us because He's got good in store. Come on, would we lean into Him? Romans 8. So then, brothers and sisters, you have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, our sinful capacity, to live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. 
For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, you will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And obviously means sons and daughters, but come on, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us? Are we kind of doing our own thing and being like, well, Holy Spirit, would you join me? I'm going into this meeting at work today and it'd be great to have you part of it. Holy Spirit, would you join me? Holy Spirit, would you join my plans? Would you join my agenda? Come on, would you come and be part of this with me? Or are we actually abandoning ourselves and going, Holy Spirit, every morning that I wake up, what's your agenda today? Holy Spirit, what plan have you got for me today? When Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak? Where do you want to lead me? Where do you want to show? What do you want to show me? Where do you want to take me today? I'm yours, Holy Spirit. Come on, there's a difference to just opening up our life partially to the Holy Spirit and then living abandoned to the Holy Spirit. Are we living abandoned to what He wants to speak into our lives? The second point in walking in sync with the Holy Spirit is we acknowledge our dependency upon Him. We acknowledge our dependence on Him. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 to 10 says, if I can have the team join me, please. And he said to me, my, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most glad, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What amazing passage. And that word strong in the Greek translates to dynamos, it's the, which means the imparted, the mighty power of God working in and through us. It's the sustained, the strengthened, the resolute, the bold, the alert, the able, the strong in soul. Come on, when we are weak, He is strong through us. Do we live in the place where, man, God, I'm dependent on you because, man, I know in my life, I've got to get better at that. I can so get in my little zone where I'm walking in my strength and my security and my comfort. I've got to get to this place of, man, Holy Spirit, I need you. I can't do this without you because I don't want to live just an ordinary life. I don't want to live a life of comfort. I want to live knowing that I've obeyed you, knowing that I've lent into everything that you've got for me. And I remember starting out in, in ministry and we were youth pastors at the time. This is like 18 years ago now. And I remember being petrified to walk up and just talk to a group of teenagers that were sitting around before the youth service started. Petrified, so insecure. How can I relate to them? What do I talk to them about? And you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I trust you. Holy Spirit, we're walking this out together. And it's amazing the power that you walk in when you step out in faith. I still remember the first time preaching. Again, it was to a room of 50 teenagers. I was petrified. I remember being the front row and Craig was introducing me. I remember having to grip the seat, edge of the seat to stop myself from running out. Absolutely petrified. I, I couldn't even feel my legs beneath me. I remember going, God, I, I cannot, Holy Spirit, I cannot do this on my own. But if this is something that you're asking me to do, I'm in, but I need you. And I remember that message. I don't remember anything that I spoke. The Holy Spirit took over. But you know, the more and more we go through life, the more comfortable we get doing it in our own strength. 
the more secure maybe we get, and I can do this. I'm good. You know, we need to come back to Holy Spirit. I need you. Holy Spirit, I don't want to live an ordinary life. I want to I don't want to live a life where it's just about my comfort, what I'm able to do. Holy Spirit, I need the power of the living God moving through me. Holy Spirit, I want to impact people for you every single day. Come on, would you lead me in conversation? Come on, on Friday, I just got the place. Holy Spirit, I want to be used by you more. And I remember texting one of my friends I hadn't caught up with in ages, and it was a complete God divine appointment. Just because you take a moment to go, Holy Spirit, would you use me? Are we taking those moments to go, Holy Spirit, I'm so dependent on you. I so need you. Come on, when was the last time you needed Him? When was the last time you stepped out in such a way where He had to show up? Guys, we're called to live by faith. Not comfort, not security, but by faith. And it's amazing when we live by faith, the more the Holy Spirit becomes real to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.